Amen, amen. As you're taking a seat, I'd love to introduce myself, even though Garrett already mentioned a few things about me. My name is Dale Wallace, and I'm the director of students here. For some of you, you may already know that, but others, I'm Dale. It's good to see y'all, even though some of you, uh, it's not as pleasant to see tonight. It's a little bit scary, actually. So we're really glad you're here. I want y'all to know that um, it is really humbling to get to speak to you tonight. It's, it's truly an honor, and not just because of a lot of the names that have gone before me this semester, uh, but also because uh, this place, uh, this place, Waco, Baylor, um, it is, is really just has a sweet place in my heart. Uh, for those that don't know, I grew up in a small town south of here called Houston. Do I have any people that, okay, a few people, yes. Wow, is everyone from Houston? That was crazy. Anyway, so I grew up in a small town south of here. I ended up, uh, I was going to Texas A&M and uh, fun fact, and then as on my day of graduation, I decided to convert and I made one of the greatest decisions of my life. Amen. Yes, we can get a clap for that. I decided to go to Baylor and uh, so had uh, some great years here. In fact, started in Penland uh, 301, the Dirty Third, back when it was actually dirty, okay, and uh, that was a dark time. But anyways, uh, you, you need to know that uh, uh, it, it's just a, it's a humbling thing to be here. I left Baylor. I went and worked for a church in Dallas for a little while. I went through a program. I was trained. I worked for the church. But there was this unsettling thing in my heart uh, that I wasn't supposed to stay. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. And uh, uh, in the end, I just ended up back in Waco. And so I, I'm, part of the reason why I'm humbled to be here is because I feel like truly I have some unfinished business here, and so I'm really grateful that you're here, uh, and uh, I'm excited to dive into the text. And so when I was in college, I worked at this uh, Christian summer camp, uh, and this Christian summer camp, this is my first summer to work at this Christian summer camp, and they, does anyone work, have anyone ever worked at a camp? Okay, a few of you. Okay, cool. So anyways, so I was, uh, there's that period called staff training where they train you how to be a parent for like two weeks and then they make you parents, okay, throughout the summer. And so we're in this period of staff training and I'm there. It's my first summer at this camp. And it, so there's a lot of energy going on and we get to breakfast one morning. I'm sitting with a bunch of girls, classic. And so I'm sitting with a bunch of girls and I'm like, you know, yeah, there's just so much energy with camp and it's a little bit rowdy. And uh, they make this announcement that this, this group of people has come in to give a blood drive. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, uh, my brother's a doctor, but I hate blood and I hate needles, so I think I'm good. And so, uh, but all these girls kind of like are like, oh my gosh, we got to give blood. And so long story short, I, I just get dragged in to signing up for this blood drive, okay? And so I end up also getting the morning off. I end up wakeboarding the whole morning. This is part of the story, trust me. And so I, I'm on the water, but and usually when you're on the water, you tend to forget to drink water, okay? And so I, I, I sign up for the last spot to give blood. It's like 1 o'clock, 12.45 lunch. I miss it because I have that 12.30 shuttle to get to this blood drive. Okay, so I get to this blood drive, but luckily those girls were with me, okay? So these girls are with me, so there's a little bit of momentum where I'm like feeling okay about this decision, even though I don't actually like the idea of even giving blood, even to this day. I'm like, anyway, so I, I get there and I start to give blood. And I'm laying down, and I figure that this is probably a good time to tell the lady that's taking my blood that I have a tendency to pass out, okay? And so I'm like, I, I, you might need to know this. I, I, I've passed out before. I've passed out multiple times before, sometimes just for hitting my head. 
sometimes just for acid reflux. I have no idea. Okay, so it's just, you never know when it's going to happen, but I just, I feel like I should inform you of this as you've already started to take my Kool-Aid, okay? And so I'm like laying down, I'm, it's the blood starting to flow, and I'm like actively not looking at it. We know those, that time, we're like, excuse me. Uh, and so I, I'm telling her this, and as she starts to walk away, I also start to get lightheaded. And I'm like, excuse me, miss, I'm going to pass out. And I, I pass out. And so I am limp for a moment. And then uh, very quickly after that, I, I'm trying to pretend to be out. Uh, I, I start to convulse, okay? So my entire body just flexes like this, okay? And so I'm like this, and I have no control over anything. And uh, next thing I know, I actually, I wasn't there. So this is what I was told. They yelled code red and uh, all these people came from different places and all those sweet girls that I had decided to try to impress by giving blood had started to congregate over here. And uh, I'm still passed out. You know, you have everyone on every limb and they straighten me out. There's blood everywhere. Okay. Why are y'all laughing? This is sad. This isn't good. Okay. So I'm laying down. I'll try to lay down again. Anyway, so I'm laying down, and I realize as I'm coming to, they're bringing a blanket over me, okay? This is a true story. You needed to be told that. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this blanket's coming over me, and uh, I come to, and I realize there's only two things that could have happened, okay? The first is I could be dead. It's not funny. Chill, <laughs> okay? That's concerning, okay? And then the second thing is, I might have just peed my pants, okay? And so I look up to this nurse right next to me, this man nurse who's over my head. I'm like, excuse me, nurse. I didn't say that. I said, I said straight to his face, I said, did I just pee my pants? And he said, yeah, you did. Okay. And I said, I knew it. And uh, the girls had gone, this is what the girls had done. They're the ones that have kind of told me this story. They had gone from like, oh my gosh, poor Dale, oh my gosh, we should pray over him, should we lay hands on him, should we, uh, oh goodness, look at the ground, oh my gosh, oh, so embarrassed, but they were still kind of there, because like they didn't know what else to do, so when I came to, they're standing there, it was just terrible, okay, and so the reason I tell you that story tonight, you're like, why would you ever say that, Uh, the reason I tell you that story tonight is because I think that if Jesus had been there, he would have known that my motives were purely to impress those girls. And maybe there are a few dudes there. I don't remember the dudes being there. But it, I think Jesus would have called me out. I, I, I think he probably would have called me a hypocrite. Because all of my actions for that day were dependent on impressing the people that had talked me into giving blood. And so tonight, we're going to talk about hypocrisy everyone's favorite subject. And uh, I think what we'll see is that it's really important that we have an understanding of hypocrisy. And really, it's important that we quit the act. Because we all know, as believers, if you're a believer here tonight, you probably know that the greatest cause of atheism today is Christians and their hypocrisy. Uh, We kind of have that understanding that the biggest criticism of Christianity is not the problem of evil, or I just, I can't deal with uh, going to church on Sunday. That's not people's biggest problems, okay? It's sad to, I'm sad to say that usually people's biggest problems on the outside is us. And so I, I think this is really important tonight because I think 
our, our witness can be ruined when we're not real. And so I, I hope that you would join as we jump into Matthew 6 tonight. We're going to be working through Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6. As you're opening your Bibles, I'm going to remind you that we've been going through this series called Stay Salty. It's a series through the Sermon on the Mount. This particular portion, Jesus is talking to a group of believers, okay? So that's kind of one of the few setups that you need to know. And, and tonight, we're going we're gonna to learn three things. We're going to learn that we need to assess our motives, we need to consider the reward, and we need to take the alternative. Those are the three things that we're going to take away from, uh, from this passage tonight in verses 1 through 6. And so if you'll join me in uh, reading verse 1, it starts like this. Jesus is talking, and he says, hey, he doesn't say hey. He says, beware not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. We're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there. Beware not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. That will preach itself. But let's talk about it a little bit, okay? So in college, when we see the words like beware or no trespassing, we tend to not listen to those things. Am I right? We're, we like see those, those signs and we're like, who cares? I'm still going to jump this fence to go to the rope swing on the Brazos, even though I know I'm not supposed to, okay? So usually when we see the like sign, beware, we usually don't listen. This is probably something uh, that we should listen to, even though we're in college, okay? So it's more of a beware of dog. For those of you that have fears of dogs, this might hit home even more. But just know that uh, we need to be careful not to display the righteousness merely to be seen by people. We need to be aware of that. Uh, and, and righteousness in this passage, it's talking about uh, Practicing like godliness just to be seen, like doing things that align with the will of God just so that other people will see us doing that. Do we understand this? And so uh, really what I'm saying is our first point is that we need to assess our motives. You can write that out. Okay. Assess our motives or, or maybe ask yourself the question, am I doing this to be seen by others? Uh, Whatever your action is, any action in your day, you might be able to ask yourself the question, am I doing this to be seen by others? Or a more convicting question uh, might be, how much of my day do I spend thinking of myself? How much of my day is my motive only self? So you, you can ask yourself those questions, and I need to ask myself those questions too. And, and the reason why we need to ask ourselves these, these questions is because there is a cultural tendency of performance. There is a cultural tendency to want to do things or to do things to be seen by others, okay? That's where the entire slogan of dress to impress comes from. I'm going to do something, and I'm going to look good, okay, in order that everyone around me will see how good I look. Okay, it's, it's a cultural tendency. And, and, and the reason why we have to be aware of this is because it, it's a cultural tendency that tends to leak into our spiritual lives. And so we really got to be aware of this. And I, I, uh, really, it's our motives. It's, it's, it's not our actions. And so I want to just take a step back right now and tell you that you can do the same actions and have really pure motives. Or you can have really poor motives. Okay, it's kind of the difference between performance and simply informing people. Okay, I'm going to give you some, uh, like a laundry list of examples uh, that might hit home, and I'm sorry if they do. Okay, uh, maybe you've read your Bible at Common Grounds before. Okay, we know that guy. It's been me before, I know. Uh, that guy could have really pure motives, but he also could totally be there just to be seen. Okay, 
We all know that guy. Let's nod our head in approval. Or some of you have never been to Common Grounds. Okay, anyways. Uh, or maybe it's the Instagram of the quiet time. My friend Nick Thornton tends to hate those things. Uh, that's his biggest pet peeve. Uh, but we've seen those people. And here's the reality. Uh, you might Instagram your quiet time or whatever you've learned, and you might be sharing with everyone with pure motives. Some of you are like, I did that today. This is so awkward. Everyone knows around me. No, but sincerely, like, you might have done that with pure motives. I'm just saying it, we need to assess our motives. Because you might not have. I don't know. Or uh, maybe uh, we've, uh, this is a freshman year thing to do. Sleep in on Sunday and then dress up, put on a collared shirt, and go to the dining hall. Okay? We all know that girl or guy. Girls don't wear polos. Anyways, uh, we all know that guy. Or this is, this is a funny one that I thought of. Uh, judging our prayer after an intramural football game. Like, you know how you're supposed to pray and nobody knows if the winning team's supposed to pray or the losing team. You have that awkward, like, uh, who's going to pray? And then it doesn't go as smoothly as you want. And you're like, man, I should have had the Fikai pray. Like we played Fikai. Like, of course, we should have had the ZZZ pray. Um, and so anyways, um, we, we, we kind of know, like sometimes we have good motives when we pray after the intramural game. And sometimes we're just trying to show off uh, how much we talk to God or something. I don't know. And so uh, there's just different things. My personal favorite is running on the bear trail. Okay, so maybe that didn't hit home for y'all, but I would only run the bear trail in college to be seen by others, okay? Or maybe you lift your hands and worship just so that the girl behind you can see you, uh, or you pray with scripture, drop scripture just to be proving to everyone around you that you read your Bible that morning. Or uh, even, I would even say this, when I was in your shoes, sometimes I would just come to vertical to be seen as spiritual. I, I at least had a understanding that a lot of the people here are spiritual leaders for the most part. That's, that's the way I thought. And sometimes I just wanted to be seen as one or, or, that, or just go to be seen and, and, and talk to people as a social gathering. And so what, the reason why I give you this laundry list is because anything can become hypocritical. Anything, any action that we have can become hypocritical. And that's why we need to assess our motives. That's why we have our first point. And, uh, and, and even again, I'm going to take a step back and remind you. You could be doing a lot of those same things. You could pray after the intramural game with pure motives. That's so good. But I'm just telling us and reminding us, just as Jesus was, hey, beware that you're not just doing those things to be seen. And I think uh, we, we tend to try to separate secular and spiritual. Like we, we tend to separate like school and like if we tend to dress to impress, we don't think that will actually carry over into our spiritual life and the way that we try to impress people and perform for people. When in reality, I believe that you can't separate secular and spiritual when it comes to performance. I do not think you can separate secular and spiritual when it comes to performance. We just do too much to be seen by others. And so much of our lives can become a performance. And so what are we going to do about it? Uh, I think what we need to do about it is we need to deny ourselves daily. Just as we're told in Mark 8, if you're gonna, Jesus says, if you're going to come and follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and then follow me. It starts with denying ourselves daily. Uh, maybe it's the prayer of uh, creating me a pure heart, O oh Lord. 
I don't know what your prayer is, but in the end, our first point that we're going to take away from the text tonight is assess our motives. Because I, I think that as we run the bear trail just to be seen and get those honks, we have, we've all been there. Um, uh, in fact, when I, was, when I was a freshman, I'd run the bear trail. I'd come out of Penland, and I'd always go left, like kind of towards Common Grounds. Does anybody know why I'd always go left? Freshman, this is free of charge. Uh, I'd always go left because uh, that way... I wouldn't be out of breath when I passed Collins, okay? And so, because uh, I knew if I went the other way, it was bad news, okay? And so I, I would always go left because I, what, I found myself trying to run faster in front of different parts. Like when you pass like the football facility, you're like, I gotta look like an athlete. <laughs> like what if coach is outside and he's looking for another man like, and he needs me, you know? It's like, I gotta be going, I gotta be going. And then, or, or it's like Collins and it's like, I gotta be a man. They gotta see that I can be a man one day, not today probably, but like we do like kind of pick up our pace. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are running with me already. And so uh, we have that. And, and what you need to know is when we're trying to perform, like that, I just want you to know that you can't keep the pace of performance. You will never be able to keep the pace of performance. And I think a lot of times we're just trying to perform, we're trying to build up our resume for Jesus. And what you need to know is that your resume for Jesus doesn't always equate to your relationship with Jesus. Jesus shows us that. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness merely to be seen by men. So, so that begs the question, what's the right motive? Let's keep reading. We just read, beware not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father in heaven. Thus, whenever you do charitable giving, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that people will praise them. I tell you the truth, they have their reward. We're gonna skip to verse five. So stick with me. And then whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray while standing in synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. Truly, I say to them, they have their reward. Jesus uh, mentions that we need to beware not to practice our righteousness before others. And then he uses three examples, prayer, giving, and fasting. We're not going to get to the fasting because it's on the other side of the Lord's Prayer, um, but we're just going to focus on giving and, and prayer t- tonight because we can still learn the majority of the things that we need to from this. And so these, he kind of uses obnoxious exam- examples of people when they give or when they pray. Uh, blowing a trumpet, uh, like, hey, look at me, I'm giving money. Like, wouldn't that be weird if somebody walked into church and was like, I have, I am here and I have this $20 bill. Everyone would be like, cool, dude, sit down. Like, you're weird, okay? Like, that, that's, that's kind of, he uses these obnoxious examples or the prayer, like being in the streets and just like being on your knees in the streets and like, like oh, Lord, help us. Like, we kind of all look at the guy that does that sometimes and we're like, you're, you're just kind of crazy or you're like kind of doing that to be seen. We all kind of have that. Whenever other people tend to do that, we, we, we have that tendency to not always think that they have the right motives as they're doing that. And so Jesus is really just encouraging us not to do that because those are obnoxious things to give uh, and blow the trumpet or pray on the corner. And, and, and what he shows us here, and really on the second half of verse one, he, he shows us, he's, he, he talks about those that do things just to be seen have their reward. 
And so what you need to know is that the reward for being seen is being seen. And that's it. The reward for being seen is being seen. You get exactly what you pay for. But what we tend to forget is that there's no reward from the Lord if we're doing things to be seen by men. And that's what brings us to our second point, that we need to consider the reward. We need to consider the reward. I don't know the exact exchange rate of uh, the good that you do with a pure heart to the treasures in heaven. I don't actually have it fully down. In fact, I was talking with this with a group of people and they're like, can you explain more of the treasures? And I'm like, bro, I can't, okay? People land in different places. All I know is eternal treasures versus the applause of man and no eternal treasures. They're actually mutually exclusive. So I can't equate all of the treasures that there might be, but I know the reward is better than merely just being seen. Okay, and, and, and I think truthfully, even in my own life, we tend to get caught up in wanting to be seen and we forget. We tend to just forget that the reward, reward of being seen is not better than the reward of living for an audience of one. Okay, and, and here's, here's to put this into perspective a little bit more of the reward of being seen is being seen. Like fans are fickle. We know that. Like if Seth Russell was just like, he only performed based on how many people were cheering for him, then he probably uh, like would really struggle with all the tweets that he gets and all like the, the few fans that are like shouting hate at him at the game. Like he would just be an emotional roller coaster if his life depended on the audience of men and, and, and just being seen. Like we would, it just wouldn't last. We know that, right? Fans are fickle, okay? Look at the Dallas Cowboys, Okay. And, and even even more so, like, uh, getting the applause of men to me is like a LinkedIn endorsement, okay? How many of us have LinkedIn? Okay, the business majors, cool. Okay, so I'll talk to you business majors. You've gotten this email before where it's like, this person you don't even know has sent you this endorsement. And you're like, this is the greatest day ever. Okay, I'll check on my computer. What's the endorsement? Okay, you get there, you're like, this is so great. What is it? What is it? What is it? They've endorsed me for PowerPoint. You're kidding. This is useless, okay? Nobody cares about your endorsement on LinkedIn, okay? Usually they're just dumb, okay? I think I have, I've been endorsed three times for cat herding, okay? I'm like sincere. That's on my LinkedIn. I don't know. I think that's Brian Rose. I think he did that. Anyways, um, uh, but just know that like the applause of men is just so useless. And if you don't think it's useless now, Maybe it takes being removed to like know that, but I've been in your shoes before and, and I've done a lot to try to build up my own popularity. Some of you that were here in school when I was here, you're like, yeah, I remember that. I remember when Dale was trying to make it the Dale Wallace show. I have that tendency. And I'm just telling you from experience, I'm not pointing my fingers at you telling you that you need to be more mindful of this. I am telling you from the bottom of my heart, that I am prone to wander in this. I am prone to wake up and say, this is Dale Wallace's day, (laughs) okay? Like that is the way I live, okay? That's why I have to start by reminding myself daily, reminding myself daily of the reward and the relationship 
that I have with Jesus. Otherwise, I'm going to live for myself every single day. Because what I've, what I've realized is that who we want to be seen by may be exactly who we are living for. Who we want to be seen by may be exactly who we are living for. And that's why we have to remind ourselves daily that we have an audience of one. Uh, I, have a, I have a really terrible story of, of this happening in my life. Uh, and this is going to make me sweat as I say it. So just bear with me. It's so uncomfortable. Um, I'm dating this girl, and I, am, uh, I was at her house the other day with her family, and I was asked to pray, which is every man's, like, worst nightmare, okay? Because you're kind of like, this is a test, okay? <laughs> like, they're, they're wondering whether or not I can pray, okay? And so I, like, totally am praying just to be heard by my girlfriend's family, and, uh, oh, this is just gut-wrenching. Okay, so I'm praying primarily just so that I can prove to them that I'm a Christian or something. I don't know. And I'm a minister, so I don't know why they wouldn't think that already of me. Anyway, so I'm like trying to pray, and I don't even know what is said. I'm, I don't know anything, but I get to the end of a sentence, and I realize that I've butchered it. Like, I think I might have just said heresy, and there's no way to recover. There's no way to recover. So you know what I do? I say amen, and I break up with her, and I walk out of the room, okay? I'm just kidding. I didn't do that, Okay. Uh, what I did was I did say amen, and I kid you not, my palms were sweating. We're all ha- holding hands, and I'm just like, ugh. It was like imminent, like my palms sweaty, vomiting on my sweater already, mom spaghetti, okay? <laughs> like, you know, you know that that's your worst nightmare if you're a male. Like, that was me, and you laugh. You can laugh. I'm so uncomfortable. I don't want to laugh, okay? But the reason I tell you that is because I just wanted her family to hear me. And that's exactly what I got. They heard. I botched it. <laughs> Y'all quit laughing at me. <laughs> I botched it. I, and I took something as sweet as prayer. I took an opportunity to talk to the Father, and I decided to make it a performance to be seen and heard by men. And I got exactly what I was hoping for. And it was useless. Doesn't last. The applause of man just doesn't last. It's fickle just because fans are fickle. And so let's always consider the reward. Let's always consider the reward. We're going to keep working through. Uh, we, We shouldn't just remind ourselves of the reward, but we should also be reminding ourselves of who we're living for. So we're going we're gonna to jump back into the passage and we're going to kind of jump around again. So stick with me. We're in verse three right now. But when you do your giving, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your gifts may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And we're going to jump to verse six, second half of the, the other portion that Jesus was describing earlier, prayer. And whenever you go to pray, go into your room, close the door, excuse me, Close the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I think here, the third point is to take the alternative. And I think what we see in these verses is that the alternative is not living for ourselves. Which is in itself 
the gospel. That's exactly what the gospel is. Give, pray. It's exactly what the Lord did. Jesus lived the perfect life, the perfect life for the audience of one. Because at one point in Jesus' life, he walked into a city and everyone was praising him on Sunday. And on Friday, those same people were yelling, crucify him. He was living for something greater than himself. And in fact, he was living and, and, and even dying and paying the price for us. Notice it says that don't let your left hand know what your right is doing. We should be so self-forgetful. I think of it like this. We got to be humble like Nike, okay? We got to just do it and we got to forget about it, okay? Just do it. Just follow the Lord in his will. Do his will in your life and forget about it. Forget about yourself in it. The alternative is not to get rid of self either by concentrating on ourselves, okay? So be, be, stick with me here. Martin Lloyd-Jones says it really well. There is only one answer. There's only one alternative. And that is that we should have such a love for God that we have no time to think about ourselves. The alternative is to love God and live for him. Everything has to do with him. That's why we have to deny ourselves daily and remind ourselves of who we're living for. Um, I understand that there's a lot of different people coming from a lot of different places here tonight. And I'd like to just acknowledge that. There's a spectrum here. And here, here's, here's what I, I, I put the, we have non-believers over here. And we're so glad you're here, non-believers. Truly, truly, we're so glad you're here. And so uh, you are probably thinking, man, I'm all for this faith that isn't fake and all these people to quit being hypocrites. You're probably loving this message, okay? So we're so glad you're here. Glad you could enjoy that part. I'm gonna come back to you in a minute, okay? And then there's a group of people in the middle that I think have just been doing a lot of things in their life to be seen as a Christian, but you actually don't know Jesus. And and I make that statement, Jesus supports me in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. He kind of mentions that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Do we not do this in your name or this in your name? And he says to that person, depart from me for I never knew you. And I think at Baylor, there's a big tendency for this group of people. There is a lot of people who are not living in relationship with Jesus, but are surely pretending to because of their act. They think their resume for Jesus measures their relationship with Jesus. And I think that's just a mistake. And then, and then on the other end of the spectrum is all the believers that are here tonight. And, and I truly think that the believers that are here tonight needed this reminder. And I really only say that because I've been in your shoes before. And I needed that reminder. And I needed this reminder right now. Even as I'm preaching, I, I pray. My prayer for this, these last couple of weeks has been pre- preparing for this is that I would be more aware of the things that I do for the approval of man. And it's been the scariest couple of weeks of my life, okay? It's been very humbling. And so for you, believer, I pray that this would be a reminder. But here's the reality. Across the spectrum, the gospel is for us all. 
the alternative is for us all. Because God sees through our act and into our hearts. God sees through our act and into our hearts. There's a group of people who are acting like Christians, and they, are, they do not know Jesus. And there's even some believers who have been acting, and, and you have a relationship with Jesus, but you need to be reminded. And if you're the non-believer, here's what I have to say to you. I am so sorry for the times that I've been a hypocrite. And I'm so glad you're here. I, I, I hope and pray that you would buy into this pure faith in this relationship with Jesus, who, the, with the person who lived the perfect life, who died the perfect death that we deserved. We, we, we know the gospel. I, I'm going to remind us of it tonight. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, popular verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For he, and then there's verse 10. This is the part we tend to forget. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's what I'm saying tonight. We all need to be reminded of the gospel. If you're the believer and you needed the reminder, hey, go give blood. And who cares if you pee your pants? Okay? Do it with pure motives to glorify the Lord. And it's okay if you pee your pants, sincerely. Like, it it won't matter at that point. You're helping people and you're doing it for the glory of the Lord. If you're the person that's been acting like you know Jesus and you, you realize that you need a relationship with him, I would invite you to find one of us after. We'd love to talk with you through that. And if you're the non-believer, you've probably been waiting for this day for a while. You're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Finally, somebody's going to call these people out for their hypocrisy. And I say, hey, the Lord can use you if you just submit. If you admit your need for him, acknowledge your need for him because of your sin and because of the way that you've missed the mark. And that's all of us. We all need that tonight. We all need that reminder. The word hypocrite in this passage literally means in the Greek, theatrical. So I'm inviting us tonight to quit the act. That's kind of the title of tonight. Quit the act. No matter where you are on the spectrum, quit the act. And I've even given you A-C-T. Assess our motives. Consider the reward and take the alternative tonight. I'm inviting everyone to quit the act. Otherwise, uh, we may... We may quit the act too late. And uh, I'm going to close with this. I've wrestled with the close as the band comes up and kind of plays some music. I wrestle with the close and what to say at the, at the end of this, um, especially because it's Halloween, and it would be really easy to be like, take off your mask. Like, ah. <laughs> some of you have been waiting for that like this whole time. You're like, this guy's going to. He's going to say it. Cheesy Christian. I hate this. Okay? Like some of you have been waiting. for. I think I just pulled a muscle in my back. (laughs) Anyways, I've been wrestling with the clothes, obviously. And uh, I'm just going to say this. I think a lot of us don't quit the act because we think we're invincible in college. We just kind of think we're going to do it later. We think... uh, We'll we'll quit the act when we meet that girl that we need to actually man up for. 
We think that's, that'll be the time. Or we think once we graduate, that, that will be the time you have a real job. You can start going to church on Sunday. Then you can, you can just keep the act on for now until then. It, we kind of have that tendency to believe that. And here's the reality. When I was in college this week, I had one of my friends die. And, and I don't say that to guilt trip anyone. I just say that because we're not promised tomorrow. And I think we tend to believe that we've earned tomorrow and we're guaranteed tomorrow. And that's not the case. And what's even weirder about my friend dying this week, a couple of years ago, is that stupid train that passes through vertical every week that just hasn't passed through vertical this week for whatever reason. That stupid train is the very thing that killed my friend in a terrible, tragic accident in College Station. And don't get caught up in the way that he died, but, but let me tell you a little bit about his week. He was at Breakaway Ministries that week. He tweeted about it. He knew Jesus. I'm so thankful he knew Jesus. But I'm just telling you tonight, every time I hear that stupid train pass, I think of y'all and I think of me. Because even I'm not promised tomorrow. One of my prayers for this week is that I would preach like it might be the last time I ever stand before Baylor University. And I'm inviting everyone to quit the act. No matter where you are in the spectrum, quit the act. Tonight's the night that we take the mask off and we quit the act because we're not promised tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day that we wake up and we assess our motives. We consider the reward. We take the alternative and we live for him. And we live for an audience of one, and that's it. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for your word and how relevant it is, how what you said to your believers then is relevant for us tonight. We thank you for that reminder for those that are believers we thank you for the gospel. For those that don't know you, Lord, I pray tonight that they would make the decision to quit the act as they realize that they're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. Lord, I pray you would stir in our hearts. Help us to be more aware of our hypocrisy this week and help us to just take the alternative and live for you and live for an audience of one. Lord, we thank you for your grace and we thank you most of all for your cross. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.